If you're getting this message, it means we were successful once again in getting past the jammers and are now broadcasting on pirate radio from the free state of Texas. Stand by for more critical information to follow. Many Bothans died getting this message. And we are live. Um, after our little, uh, I don't know how long we were talking there, like 10 minutes. At least. <laughs> We gotta put this together with the uh, Marx, Marx, yeah, we Linsky, do. capitalism, communism, um, and that is that's to, the beginning of communism, right? The the Marx right there. Yeah, I mean, to some degree, it was going on. You know, before that, there was, but I think you know, once you. Had a, wrap it all in a good tidy little package and give it a nice little name you know it's easier to become an ideology right and and like you mentioned he was connected with the um, the more elite of the uh, society yeah he was connected with the industrials I wish I still had that name uh, I'll try to find it later um yeah, it was like, it was, I'm pretty sure it was his uncle. Uh, yeah, just bought and paid for him to write this, uh, write his manifesto. And then, yeah, Engels joined him and so basically he couldn't really write either. So Engels did a lot of the <laughs> So what did he do aside from put his name on the thing? <laughs> he, he had an affair, uh, well, I believe with his maid, um... I can't remember if he had a kid out of out of that affair or not. I think he had three kids who he was just a horrible father to. Uh, he was a horrible husband, didn't provide, and really just collected um, both his trust fund and his wife's. His wife was an heiress as well. Wonderful. Yeah, so he just uh, did nothing, created this movement on behest of his rich elite uncle, and... Um, failed miserably for for years until finally yeah some russian uh you know who's uh asked if it could happen in russia says it wasn't happening in england wasn't happening in germany and uh he he said yeah you know maybe it could and the you know who's turned into the bolsheviks and and had a revolution yeah they actually weren't even russian the Bolsheviks were not Russian. Really? Yeah. Read weren't into they that. in Russia, though? <laughs> I mean, they were, but they weren't... Okay, so they weren't Russian by blood. Okay. I won't I won't say it on here just so we don't get, I don't know, banned yeah. or flagged or whatever, but, think, but look into it. See who, see who the Bolsheviks actually were. Yeah. And, I mean, uh, I, I think I understand. Yeah. It makes sense. But, um... Yeah, I guess it makes sense because there was so much happening because this came out of Germany, basically. Right. All these crazy ideas, including this, but many others, and just industrialization and all of the, like, so many crazy thinkers and ideologies. It's so strange that this all came out of Germany around this time, you know, within, I don't know, what, let's just say a hundred year span, there's just crazy stuff going on. Because, yeah, Germany was 
uh, only a country in the late 1800s they finally unified. Maybe it was the early 1800s. Yeah, it was kind of like tribal. Like even in the Bible, there's like Germania and stuff. Right. Even back in those times. So like it's yeah, they've been around for a while. And the the wild thing is that like the majority of royal families throughout the world are German. Right. Yeah, I know the queen is well, the dead queen of England, her family. Yeah, the the Windsors, they're not actually Windsors. They they changed their name. Uh, I forget what their uh their actual name is, but they're they're German. Um Tsar Nicholas, the last Tsar of Russia, he was German. Yeah. His cousin was the like Chancellor of Germany or something like that. Right. So yeah, that's it, it it's very interesting that I mean that kind of seems to be for like the current political climate that seems to be the hotbed for a lot of this stuff mm-hmm. and I mean it was the Germans that I think that ended up uh, conquering England after the Saxons really well I mean in a matter of speaking it was kind of like well, the, the Danes their predecessors right? oh I see what you're saying the Normans or whatever yep yeah, Dan Carlin really uh, lays that whole idea out, <clears throat> like the the whole birthplace of nations or the, what does he call it? I don't remember exactly what he calls it, but it's this idea of tribes just appearing out of nowhere, like they were dropped down from an alien spaceship and then just migrating out in all directions and just successive wave after wave of new tribes conquering things. You could really see that in England. It's like you had the, the Picts and the Celts there. Um, <clears throat> and then you get... I mean, the Celts came there because they were driven out by the freaking uh, the Romans. And then you get the Saxons coming in, and then the Danes coming in, and the French coming in, and it's just like successive waves all throughout history of these tribes. But they all seem to come out of that, uh, like, Sweden, Scandinavia, and then make their way down. And out from there but yeah I just think it I mean I think it's a little more like natural in that th- they all exist and that they just you know it's, it's a power vacuum yeah and they see how other people are you know I mean once you fight something you know all these people have like all these different bows than what we do well, what if we make this giant bow but put it on like a catapult mm-hmm. you know what I mean so it's, it, it, constant so it's easy to uh conquer in that regard and And i I, you know i just think you know they see that or they see somebody else and maybe they you know just constantly build power and everybody's power hungry yeah there's i'm I'm taking us away from marks here but it's this um we'll get back we'll get back uh there's i think it's my own personal idea that it's the climate that drives a lot of this these uh, successful tribes just in order to live in a harsh climate let's just say in Sweden um, you have to have a very cohesive and orderly society to just survive Um, so you become very organized um, very efficient um, and it just it creates this very well established society and then they just go look where it's nicer and where there's better conditions and they go hey these people are just living it up here we could just uh take some of that (laughs) and so they just kind of make the move to easier locations take it from the people living there 
and they settle down and then after a generation or so they become soft again and then the, the situation plays out over again just over and over and over you just keep getting new migrations from the harsher climates to the easier climates the fairer climates I mean, from a from a smaller scale, you can even look at what's happening in America based off that. Mm-hmm. All these commies from like California or like even Minnesota, you know, they ruin states and then move to other states, and then uh, just don't understand that their ideas are incredibly stupid and hurting people. I I think that might be a more modern phenomenon too because. Um, our lives are so easy today um, in comparison to any time in the past that you can have just crazy, stupid ideas and not really suffer the, the consequences. Because, I mean, it's getting to a point, though, because if you look at California or Minnesota, but California is a really good example because those policies have been, play, been in place for decades out there. And... It's just a, it's a hellhole. It's such a hellhole that people have to leave. <laughs> um, but it's not, it's not so bad that California is collapsing as a state. I mean, not yet, but it might. I mean, Minnesota might collapse as a state. Yeah. I mean, just, so in this past, uh, uh, what do you call it, session, thank God they're finally done. <laughs> they're on a session right now. They've been on air. Oh my gosh, dude! Um, they they we now have red flag laws. We have universal background checks. We are a. It is now legal to kidnap a child from any of the other fifty states. Bring them to Minnesota for the sake of uh, trans surgery. Uh, really, you can abort and you can murder a child up to the point of birth. Um. We, we had 30 billion, billion with a B. Are you tracking that? Billion yes, dollars, sir. $30 billion uh, in extra money. They took that much extra in taxes. Uh, all these cowards ran on giving some of that money back. A pittance of like $1,000 to everyone. Blame mm-hmm. it on the Republicans that that's why we didn't get it. They all ran on it. They all got reelected. We're getting nothing back. What are they doing with that money? They're then? spending it all. They're spending it all. Nothing on roads. <laughs> nothing on roads. They said we don't have money to fix the roads. We have thirty billion extra dollars, and they're spending it all. They're raising taxes. We're getting an increase in the gasoline tax. Um, we are getting an increase in delivery taxes you order from amazon you order from pizza hut yeah. you're getting an additional tax added onto that for what the, the, the reasons for that yeah are, what are the reasons well, that's a good point <laughs> they're well we're already paying for delivery we're already paying fees through doordash so what's a little bit more i kid you not that's their reasoning that is their reasoning <laughs> oh that's one 30 thing about- billion <laughs> 30 billion in excess if you cared about your constituents there's not even 30 million people in this state Mm -hmm. legal or illegal you could give everyone a million dollars and still go on your spending spree that can't be right you can make every single 
person who abides in this state legally or illegally, give them a million dollars cash, tax-free, still have billions left over, still go on your spending spree. $30 million. I mean, thir wow. The, I'm, what is the, the regular, what is the, the budget usually in Minnesota? I, that I don't know. Because I'm just scratching my head as to where they. I mean, aside from raising taxes, is is it just the influx of all the people from other states who have got more money to spend, or where where why do they have such a huge? Um, where Minnesota's in the, I want to say top three. It's for sure the top five. I want to say top three though, for highest tax per capita. But if you look at what we have, you know per capita as far as citizens it, it it's not even close to the top three mm -hmm. so we're incredibly overtaxed yeah you'd and think i would dare say without representation but what you'd think that'd I be know? a sign if you've got a massive surplus to lower taxes <clears throat> you know. would think you would think that that, that would be simple logic mm-hmm but when you got a bunch of power-hungry cowards in office, that's what they're going to do. That's incredible. I'm so happy I'm not there. I, supporting I this. yeah. I want to leave this place so bad. Yeah. You can do it. It's just it, it it's a communist hellhole. It's so surprising too. Like why Minnesota is another, you know, <clears throat> That just, I don't understand. You look at all the states around there. I mean, North Dakota, South Dakota. I mean, even like, uh, I don't know about Iowa so much, but they're still not as blue. Wisconsin's not. Iowa's like, pretty red. Wisconsin's kind of like, I don't know. They're, they're this weird, like, purple that I think they're about to turn blue, though, to be honest with you. You know. Their governor Evers is a D-bag. You know what it is? It's um, so for whatever reason, every major city is blue. Now, whether or not that's because of the way people are living in cities, or because that's where people from a certain ideology like to live, I guess it doesn't really matter. But I think the situation with Minnesota is that the Twin Cities now, their voting power so overwhelms the rest of the state that. It's just, it's swung it so far at this point. Yeah. I mean, is, that, is that a thing? Because, I mean, elections are basically like county by county, but that's for uh, local representation and like the House of Representatives and Congress, stuff like that. But the governor and all of that uh, Minnesota state elections, that's just completely driven by Minneapolis and St. Paul, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's driven by the Twin Cities, driven by Duluth and uh, Rochester. Those are the the three, like, blue hubs that really control everything. And there may or may not be massive election rigging, but... Oh, there there absolutely is. Yeah. There absolutely is. We, we have Dominion. I was first, I guess, red-pilled on that um, back when uh, Al Franken yeah uh ran against norm coleman yeah and norm coleman won and then they're like oh wait hold on we're still counting and then, i mean they were finding um they're finding ballots in the backs of trunks 
this is classic. That's where that's where ballots appear. That's, that's yeah, common. and people for the most part were just like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Like, no, it doesn't. No, it does not make sense. And so, like, Al Franken ended up winning by like three hundred votes or something. He was down three hundred, and then ended up winning by three hundred. Is or something like that. I mean, the numbers may be off, but it is. Yeah, he, he he got just enough of what he needed. And, yeah. Uh, well, that's so that's that, when you stop counting. Is when you win. Yeah. Oh, I mean, absolutely. Your side wins. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's never really been the same sense, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. And, it goes back uh, to that uh, community organizing. Yeah. Oh, speaking of that too, we're also looking at. They didn't get it done this session, but I only imagine the next one. Um, they're looking at statewide rank choice voting. Oh, right. And if that happens, we are absolutely screwed. It, it, the state's done. Yeah. I've never understood, other than it being terribly complicated, I've never understood why that's necessarily a bad thing. What? Why would that shift things one way or the other? Do you... So... Okay, so say you and I are both running... Um, for for an office and say there's like you know maybe even like a third and a fourth in there right yeah so now now let's say you know uh, so a perfect example would be like the twin cities and duluth areas right mm-hmm. they're obviously going to lead heavy communist and so they're going to rank you know the commie you know say i'm the commie you're the normal person <laughs> and so they're going to rank me number one they're going to rank you number four. So now, in the greater Minnesota areas, which there's less population but heavily red, well, they're going to rank you number one. But, therefore, you're going to have less number one votes. Mm. And so, now let's say maybe there's somebody in greater Minnesota who votes me as like a number two. Oh, I, I Or a get number it. three. So overall, I'm gonna have a higher score than you will. Yeah. So this that's is, why it sucks. So what it's doing is it's a more uh, democratic, as you would. It's more democratic uh, way of doing things because it's yeah. about raw numbers of people as opposed to uh, like constituencies and um, <clears throat> uh, countywide. You know, like as opposed to like a federalist type system. <clears throat> exactly. Yeah, okay. Now I'm with you. Now I Speaking on that, too, uh, in this the last session, we also uh, voted to um, do away at the Electoral College, and we're joining that th- those few county states who just want to go along with whatever the popular vote is. Mm-hmm. Which is completely unconstitutional. That's it funny. absolutely is. Isn't that funny? Like, that's they always go the wrong route. Like, if you wanted to change things... And have like coalition of states. There's that convention of states idea out there. Right. You just need, I think it's 35 states, something like that. I don't think it's that many, is it? Um, whatever. It's it's got to be a, a two thirds majority. So whatever two thirds fifty is. Um. Uh, <clears throat> but anyways, that's that's the way you do it. You get those number of states together, and they can come up with uh, amendments to the constitution directly. They don't need to go through the regular process. The states can just rewrite the Constitution, essentially. 
And so that's the way that there's some conservative type people arguing that that's the way we should go. And yet the left just goes, no, we're just going to create this little mob group and just unconstitutionally just decide who's going to be president. It's like, what? But if you're going to organize like that, why wouldn't you do it the right way? I, I mean, I don't want to give many ideas because, I mean, that, that could be a possibility as well, but it's nuts. And what we're talking about, right, is this is in a presidential or a nationwide election. They, uh, the states have to, uh, what do they do? They have electors, right? Yeah. Who uh, certify the vote. Um, and these states would just go off of the raw numbers of people who voted as opposed to the electoral votes that are tallied up. So it's just a straight, it's basically, there's more uh, liberals, there's more leftists in this country than there are Republicans. So that's why they're all gung-ho for this. Because they, if they can get a straight vote like that, um, it'll be 100% leftist for forever, I guess, at this point. Which is what the ranked choice voting also does in uh, Minnesota, like they're they're talking about. Which it gets back to that that community organizing idea too. There's like a, I mean they've imported so many people from other countries too. <clears throat> and this has been kind of an alleged issue with like, uh, uh, who's the politician from Minnesota? Is it Which um, one? one of the squad? I Omar. Think. Is it? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. Omar. Um, there's been a lot of funny business with her and like the Somali community, I think, where they her they her family was uh, Somalian warlords and were on the run. They did a great job in rebranding themselves and changing their names into saying they were refugees. Mm-hmm. They were criminals over there. She married her brother in order to get citizenship here. Mm-hmm. Married another dude, had some kids, left him uh, to marry um, one of her, her money guys, which I think she just married so that they can uh, launch her money and you know he doesn't have to testify against her. For sure. Like, I mean, she figured out that marriage scam. Yeah. What? She figured out that marriage scam real, real yeah. early. Yeah, she's just a piece of work. But <clears throat> that's what they've done is they've uh, shaped and rigged elections in the, the major metropolitan areas, and then they've also imported a metric crap ton of people who don't necessarily speak English or understand the laws, and then they go and harvest their votes. So it yeah. just further tips the scales in their favor. But they have that, and then we have you know the Rockefeller education system where we're just a bunch of dumbed-down drones that, uh, yeah, I mean, just, I mean, it's Brave New World where he's, you know, doped up on Soma, relying on feelings and emotions, and you can't see the logic. Like, I mean, look at Detroit, for instance. I mean, they've had communist control for decades, and all they have to do is just rail against... Republicans, not that they're any better, but he's rail against Republicans. And, oh, it's their fault. How can it be somebody's fault who hasn't been in power in decades? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's, it's the same thing in Minnesota. They blame Republicans 
when Republicans are in the minority. If you have the majority, you have the power, and yet you don't make these changes. Like, logic should tell someone that it's obviously not the person not involved. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If, if they don't have a seat at the table, how can it be their fault? Yeah. Well, <clears throat> you got to blame somebody. You can't blame yourself, so. Yeah, of course not. It's not their policies that are rapidly decreasing the quality of life. It's these other guys who aren't in power. Well, I guess it, it remains to be seen how bad it can get in Minnesota, you know? <laughs> like, that's that's what could change things is if the crime rate goes up and I mean the, at least at least there's a budget surplus for now if it was for the now, other way around things would be a lot more dire at this point oh it will be crime is on the rise Minneapolis St. Paul like there you can't go there man mm-hmm. um, and with the way they've spent and like the stuff they've done like it's yeah it's the next couple of years are going to be rough dude Right. There's no way. You I mean, got to get out of get... there now. What's that? You got to get out of there now. I know, man. Well, they still know. let you. They're going to start building walls around the state to keep people in. Oh, please. Or it'll be like, uh, is, wasn't California talking about uh, clawing back taxes from people who are leaving the state? Yeah. Or was that New York? No, that's California for sure. Like, yeah, I know you left, but you still owe us money for some reason. Yeah, that's, they, that, how is that legal? <laughs> it's, I mean, they can, it, I mean, it's not, but that don't matter. That's the thing. It's legal. It's like it's what you can get away with. It's not necessarily that's what's true. Legal. That's it's that more and more. That's what I'm figuring out is, it, especially with like the uh, the uh, double sided nature of the way people are being prosecuted. It's like well, Ilion Omar for. Example, it's well documented that she committed immigration fraud. Like everybody knows about it, and all it would take is somebody to prosecute her. But there you go. You, nobody's going to prosecute her, so she can get away with it. That's the yeah. Uh, it's the way it goes. You just have and to I have mean, the uh, correct ideology, and you can do whatever you want. Yeah, because there's no justice in this country. No, yeah. they just it, there's persecution and not prosecution. Mm-hmm. They persecute those that they can. So it's either people that go against the hive mind or people that they can. Yeah. I mean, Kamala Harris, the vice president, a.k.a. the, the border czar who's never been to the border, <laughs> um, when she was uh, uh, DA in California, she put, uh, I can't remember how many black men behind bars for weed offenses mm-hmm. because she could yeah and laughed about it yeah all the while she's definitely a pothead <laughs> yeah I mean it's just uh, yeah just living in a I don't know man it's definitely going one way really fast um, but you know it. there has to be if there's not pushback like, the FBI also just needs to get cleaned out. It needs to be they, done away with. Yeah. They 
commit all I mean that Durham report just came out and it kind of just made no news because we've been getting all these uh, we've gotten the full picture years in advance like it's been common knowledge it's been dripped out slowly over time just the, the crazy abuses that the FBI uh, did with spying on Trump and his campaign and everybody knew from day one that it was completely baseless they had no evidence to even open an investigation they based it what they did is it was off that steel dossier which was paid for by Hillary Clinton and they just back channeled it in a couple different ways into the FBI um, and then they opened an investigation on that and got FISA warrants uh, to spy on Trump to and there was no no actual crime it was just hearsay that's how they opened the case and nobody nobody got punished for it so what makes you think that they're not doing it right now on just an ongoing basis to anybody they want to and they are I mean they are they are still I guarantee you they're spying on Trump right now just waiting for him to put a toe on a line anything and that's that's still it just brings it back to him being the cleanest politician we have ever had he's he's constantly being spied on by people who just hate his guts but i mean to be fair we probably all are being spied on well we are point. it's just they're less interested in us you know if you ever become interesting you can bet that every piece of information everything you've ever done that's illegal will be brought out against you it's like we're living in a perfect uh a perfect uh, what would you call it I guess 1984 it's like a blend of 1984 and Brave New World really it's like you got yeah. both going on at the same time <laughs> which you know people argue oh is it going to be more of a <clears throat> more of a Brave New World totalitarian or more of a you know uh, what the hell I already forgot what the other one was um, I lost my train of thought but it's both of them it's Big Brother spying on us constantly, selective prosecution, just totalitarian state, and also everybody just drugged out of their mind and not paying attention. Yeah. Uh, remains to be seen how long we can keep this up. They're, I mean, their PR people, their marketing people are, they deserve a raise, to be honest with you. <laughs> like how good they are with like the, well, the, the porno books that are in schools, the mm -hmm. parents obviously are upset about, and then they're saying, like, well, they're, the, they're for banning books. And it's like, no. No, they're not. They're not trying to ban the books. They're just trying to keep that away from children. They're not saying you can't read it. You just can't force a seven-year-old to read about intercourse. <clears throat> Isn't that Alinsky tactics where, like, you yep. name, you name the opposition, basically you identify it. That's the first step. And what they've done is they say that there is basically neo Nazis. At least forty percent of the country are neo Nazi, right wing, Christian extremists, and so everybody just goes off of that playbook. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, all the propaganda is based off of that. So when parents come out and protest these porno books being in schools, well, what do you do? Well, they're right-wing 
Nazi Christian extremists, so they want to burn books, right? So you just right. play off of that narrative. So yeah. well, they're book burners. Yep, we told you they were book burners. So you take that piece of evidence, and we just totally whitewash the uh, what's actually going on. It's it is genius. It is it's amazing. I just I want to uh, I would love to interact with the people who are actually doing this strategy because it's it's genius level. Yeah, it really is. Just uh, why why is there no uh, other side to this? You know, I would love to. If I was in a position, I'd say, great, you want a porno book in the school library? All right. But we are also going to put the Bible in there mm-hmm. and make that equal reading. Do you know how much pushback you would get from that? Yeah. Do you know how much pushback you would get from these schools, these hospitals, from these states that um, are saying that they'll transition the kid and make it so you don't have to tell the parents? What if you what if you transition the kid to Christianity right. without telling the parents? How about right. that? Like you have to look at the logical things and there'd be an uproar about that. The hive mind would be pissed. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It um it's it's really fascinating how it's just all out there in the public and um it's just kinda ho hum, you know, whatever. You just get uh you see it some places, like, for some reason, Bud Light just really screwed up. Like, but, you know, nine out of ten of these uh, campaigns just totally under the radar, and then you get one where people just go, nah, not putting up with that. Now they're down, like, what, 30% since this all happened? Yeah, it's, I mean, them, Target, uh, lost a huge chunk of change so i think the interesting thing is going to be is what's going to win out in the end is it going to be these companies trying to have their good esg credit scores or is it going to be capitalism because they're losing massive amounts of profit disney is losing massive amounts of profits Mm -hmm. but again they're i mean they're doubling down so as of now their ESG scores are more important than yes, capitalism. Exactly. So I, is that going to win out in the end? Is ESG going to win out in the end, or is capitalism? Is profit going to ultimately win? I mean, or are they just going to die? Well, I think I think that's the yeah, that's exactly the balance right now. Is because in you know logically, profit has to win out in the end, in the long run. But in the short run, uh, ESG is definitely more important to them. Um, because if you don't have a good enough score <clears throat> in the long run, you're not doing business at all. So I think that's the risk they're willing to take is, okay, we're investing in this ESG at this point. So right. any money we lose is just, you know, it's cost of doing business. Um, but at some point, I mean, for Bud Light and for uh, Target, especially Target, like the majority of their their customer base is white women in the heartland. Mm-hmm. So they're thumbing their noses at that. And, well, I mean, I guess we'll see how long this lasts. Um, but, I mean, they're already making moves, but they, they're doubling down. Their internal memos got released, and they're blaming extremists. They're bl- mm-hmm. blaming violent threats 
which have not occurred, and they're they're blaming extremists. Yeah, and because which is again awesome, awesome marketing. Yeah, well, and because I mean it's such a catch-all. Like anybody who disagrees with you, oh, you're an extremist. Yep. And yep. so it'll be interesting. That, like I'm, I'm very interested to see what's going to win out. Well, so I look at this, the Target thing right now, and I'm like, wait, didn't we just have something like this with the uh, restrooms thing? And that just, that is gone. Nobody even talks about that anymore. That had no impact on them whatsoever. I think this is going to be the same thing. I don't believe, I mean, boycotts only work if you're willing to just go scorched earth on this. But where where do you even go? What company can you buy from that doesn't care about its ESG score? And I think that's the that's the calculation they're making too. Is if we all just <clears throat> collectively decide this is what we're going to do, people won't have a choice, and they can only be outraged for so long um, before they just go back to buying from Target. Because where else are you going to go? You know. Pick one. Well, it's going to be Walmart. It's going to have the same policies. Okay, you can't go to Walmart. You can't go to Target. Where else can you go? Smaller, like, more local grocery stores. I mean, which they're trying realistically, to realistically. What's that? Which they're trying to put out of business, and they've already proved right. they can. I mean, realistically, it, it ultimately is going to be. It's going to come down to what I mean. Honestly, what is the best possible course of action? The best course of action would be to just stop with all this these big corporations do everything locally, local farms, local produce until they come after that. And then, well, I mean, it's in the declaration of independence, what you can and should do. I'm mm-hmm. not going to say it, <laughs> but it's in the first paragraph. I've heard and, I've read um, that. What's that? I've read that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that ultimately is, is what needs to happen. Uh, but but it won't. Sadly. Well, we've played that game too before, and that didn't work out. So, I mean, have we? Mm. Have I mean, we? Ha, have we really done that? Because it's looking more and more like that was controlled. It was done on purpose, and amounted to nothing. Mm. Well, I you know. I just don't. I just don't see uh, what you're talking about is such a dramatic change in society with the uh, the small and local stuff. I it's just I don't see it happening. That's what needs to happen. But you know why? Why is it always you know we're sitting here thinking about it, thinking through this problem? Why is there not the idea that we would go after like? This is how these companies got taken over from the inside in the first place, right? It's this whole back to the Saul Linsky tactics. Why not encourage people to get into these corporations and change things from the inside, you know? Why is it always, you know, it seems like it's just always a reaction to things. Like, oh, the best we can do is just boycott. Well, no, I mean, the best we can do is get inside these corporations and change them from the inside. Uh, but then you're like, well, it's just, it sounds like almost as big of a project as, you know, starting up an entire new economy. <laughs> right? Well, like, I mean, how did, 
either way, <clears throat> either way, it's it's a monumental task. It is. But like I said, it, it it won't happen. But that's that's ultimately what needs to happen. Yeah. It is what needs to happen, and and the the other thing too with this is the way that they they we say they uh, a certain ideolo- ideology has infiltrated every single level of society is it's the colleges man what would you expect they they take children from i don't even know when do kids start school like six years seven years old and they're being indoctrinated all the way up through college so from yeah. seven years old to 22 and that's if you're lucky it might you know now it's you got to go to graduate school or get a master's, so you're looking at like 24, 25 years old. So 18, 20 years of being indoctrinated. What would you expect? You're gonna get out the other end. Um, they've, they've got an army, an army of crazy ideologues that are running all these companies, making all these just ridiculous decisions. That's a, that's a long process. Yeah, it's, I mean, I've been having a lot of talks with my wife, actually, about this, and, I mean, it's, we ultimately have failed as humanity. Mm -hmm. We've allowed these things to happen, like patriotism, uh, religion, parenting, none of it was meant to be just this passive thing. You have to actively be doing these things daily. Mm-hmm. And we allowed in the 1900s, we allowed Rockefeller to take over the education system. And he's on record as saying he doesn't want an educated masses. He wants indoctrinated masses. He wants workers, essentially. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that's that's what they're getting. And like you said, they they're able to indoctrinate from you know, four or five years old all the way up through, you know, grad school. And they've somehow committed, even though even though every aspect of modern society is for certain things like, you know, BLM, transgenderism, pedophilia, whatever, they've convinced... Uh, the public, or they've convinced through their indoctrination that these are marginalized communities. Mm-hmm. Even though they're fully supported. You have the full support of modern society. Mm-hmm. Yet you're marginalized. And they've created villains out of actually the most marginalized community, which is Christians. Mm-hmm. I just, yeah, with the, that's the president of the United States out there saying that it's right-wing Christians who are the uh, the biggest risk to the biggest threat to the country. They're uh, out there just ramping up all these tactics they were using over in Afghanistan and Iraq uh, to use on the population here. You know, warrantless wiretaps and drone strikes and infiltration and all this garbage. It's you know it's almost like they're expecting the backlash. They're preemptively preparing yeah. for this backlash that they know is 
you know, they're going to push the, the population far enough at some point. Um, I just had this thought. It's kind of like a kind of a reverse Marxism, you know. At this point, you know, who's making all these decisions? Who has all this power in these companies and these corporations? You've got, you know, 75% of the population who is just workers, you know. They don't go to college necessarily. They don't. They're just workers, right? And you don't have much influence over what direction your company goes. You've got this small percentage who actually are decision makers and management in these companies. Uh, and they're the crazy indoctrinated ideologues. And they get, to, they get to push where companies go. They're the decision makers. So it's a small percentage of the population, really, who's got... Uh, a bigger voice, like a dramatically larger voice than the average people. And it's just the, the, the dis disconnect is becoming larger and larger. So it's like uh, we're just getting pushed in these just ridiculous directions and we don't really have like, where did this come from? Well, just look at what people are being taught in the school system, in college in particular, you know, for the last 20, 30 years. That's your answer. And it's it, it could get a lot crazier. But I don't really have an answer. We gotta abolish the institutions. You know, it's just like what Marx was talking about with the bourgeoisie running the factories and making the profit. It's like we're kind of sitting in his position now, looking at the, the world. Except now it's tech companies uh, and all these crazy liberals who are uh, the bourgeoisie running the show. We're even talking about tearing down society and turning it into, <laughs> like small mom and pop it's, it's just kind of interesting I had, kind of had a weird profound moment here just to bring it back to, to Marx but yeah I mean it's it's just an evil ideology it's stupid it does not work it is not working and oh man yeah and I yet would, and yet yeah. it, it rules society yeah well and yet we're living in a just amazing times too which is interesting it's just as far as um everything technology wealth well-being lifespan it's a uh, it's a really interesting dichotomy there <clears throat> yeah i mean i i'm not convinced that you know i mean every every empire or society thinks that they're the most advanced and I'm not convinced that that we are. Yeah, because have, have you looked into the Tartarians at all? No. Oh man, look that up. Tartarians. Yeah, researching the um, that former empire. It's uh, it used to be kind of like where Russia is. So like, if you look at. Uh, Say like the Great Wall of China, right? Yeah. Oh, these are the the Tartars. Okay, I'm with you. Yeah. Um. So if you look at like the Great Wall of China, ask yourself why the towers are facing into China and not out of China. Ask yourselves why the highest points of the wall are facing into China and not out of China. 
That's very and strange. Like look, yeah, look into their society and see some of the things they have. Even look at ancient Egypt and, and the things that they had, the technology that they had. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, so, I don't know. And I think, like, with AI, with, you know, this weird God complex that communists have... Uh, we're we're just dooming ourselves as as a society, right? I, I I see AI as the modern version of the Tower of Babylon, and that mm-hmm. did not go well for those people. Yep, yep. <clears throat> That's an interesting one. That's very very interesting, and you could take it <clears throat> as a literal story or as an allegory or a little bit of both. Uh. I like to think of it as a space elevator, but that's just kind of going off the deep end. <laughs> we could talk about that, man. That's uh, I there's uh, podcasts that I listen to that just delves deep into all this ancient myths and stuff. But um, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Well, there's and then all right, so. I was saying we're doing really well as a civilization despite all of this craziness that's going on. And it's a it's basically we're doing so well that we're starting to envision ourselves as beyond human. Uh, that's where that God complex comes in that you're talking about. And that, well, the rules don't apply anymore. Like I, I I'm not male or female. I could be whatever I want. You know, I can identify as a cat or something. It's we're um <laughs> We're becoming onward from reality very quickly. And it's because our lives are so easy. Uh, a lot of it is. And it's, it's that one thing. It's the right at the fall of large empires, they start getting wacky just like this. And they start getting weird with gender, you know, and then the pedophilia. And it's just, it, it's a sign. It's a sign that we're right on the verge of something. And it goes along with that debt ceiling thing as well. You know, maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's, you know, everybody, oh, why did Rome fall? You know, and there's books, books and books and books written about it. Many theories, but, you know, it very well could be the debt. The debt just reaches a point uh, where it makes your country very vulnerable or your society very vulnerable to change. Because uh, if there's any anything that changes in the economy or the world, if we have a war, it, it's just that little tipping point, and all of a sudden, you can't can't service the debt anymore. You know, if you have a major depression <clears throat> or uh, economic decline, all of a sudden those debt payments start to become unmanageable, and once you default on the debt. Everybody loses, you know, nobody's going to lend you more money. It spirals out of control. Country crashes. I think we, that's why, you know, every time the debt ceiling issue comes up, there's all this panic. Oh, my gosh, we can't. We can't. uh, We have to raise it. We have to raise it. Otherwise, we're going to default. You know, we just keep kicking the can down the road. But I think that there's a little bit more urgency this time around, perhaps. Um, Because we're looking at possibly going into a major recession and that could be the tipping point yeah I don't know I kind of I've got so many competing thoughts on that though too uh, it's I'm not even sure 
not sure that I even care anymore about the debt ceiling. <laughs> to be honest with you, man, um, it's stuff like this that has made me, or I guess caused me to uh, go back to God. Mm-hmm. Like, I started probably in, like, 2018 or so just looking for the truth. Because mm-hmm. everything's fake. Everything's a lie. Just being let down constantly by politicians, by anybody who is raised up in society is just, they're lying to you. Mm-hmm. There is no Republican. There's no Democrat. They're the same. They're all just looking for power. They're, they're, like Everything is about power, about getting over on somebody, and about keeping people down. And so I looked, I started looking at, well, who's behind everything? And, you know, getting to, you know, whatever, Rothschilds, Rockefellers, Council of Foreign Relations, Trilateral, you know, all the conspiracies, getting into all that. And it just, it kept leading me further and further, and then, you know, studying communism and then getting into you know a lot of it seems to be you know coming from satan or the devil yeah Yeah. and going back into you know what is the actual truth Mm -hmm. and i mean like i told you you know off the air started going back to church in like in, in january essentially and for the first time in my life, just started reading the Bible for myself, not trying to do any type of confirmation bias or how does this make me feel to read it for like some self-help, self-affirmation book, but just what does this thing actually say? And I mean, it's, it's like I've told you, it's completely changed my life. Mm-hmm. And, like, with all this garbage that's just going on, like, yeah, I ranted on, you know, what's going on in Minnesota, and we just spent the majority of this time talking about communism, but, like, it just made me realize that, like, none of it ultimately matters. Like, I'm getting lost in the minutiae of day-to-day life. Right. And it's caused me to reprioritize my life in that I'm not the main character, God is the main character, and I'm his supporting character. And in doing that, I don't know. None of this other stuff matters to me, well, ultimately. I mean, obviously you got to start start somewhere, so that's, that's a good place to start. Um, can't fix the world's problems if you can't fix your own problems, right? So, <laughs> But, yeah, that's, uh, that's, I think that's... I almost got there when I was talking about that. Um, that's what we're missing is we're doing so well on paper um, as a society, and yet we're completely morally bankrupt uh, at the same time. So it's like this balance that needs to take place. You do, you need the. Uh, the success, the money, all of that, but you also need to be grounded somewhere as well. 
there needs to be some sort of baseline that you judge your decisions off of because you're saying that politicians are lying it's like yeah I mean they've always lied but I'm starting to notice it as kind of a matter of course just day to day people just uh, not really regard for the no regard for the truth everything's just kind of gray it's uh like lying's okay misrepresenting is okay it's just it, once you get to that point there's no nothing cohesive holding a society together it's just how can i use my influence to screw somebody else over you know it's it, i think that very well could be another another uh reason that societies collapse i mean just look at communism especially that's you know neighbors ratting on neighbors and just there is no truth truth does not exist uh everything is lies it's it's backstabbing and just getting one over on somebody else and that's you know that's what it was like in russia before you know the wall fell it's like there was some crazy number but it was most of the population was some sort of informant uh, for the state. And you, you don't get that. I mean, it's not like there's some sort of overarching uh, totalitarian, this, these are the bad guys, this is the council of bad guys, and they've got their police and they can just control the population. It's not true. They can't. It's a very small number of people. What it is, it's a mind virus that infects the entire population and does away with truth and values. I mean, that's what communism is based on. In the end, is it's anti-God, right? Like it's yeah. uh, it's atheism, pure atheism, uh, religion of the state, basically. And when you you can't have a religion of the state because there is no state, you know, it's just people. So once you've pervaded the minds of the population enough and taken truth away, you can do whatever you want and that's that's the road we've been on here for a very long time you just look at the numbers it's it's not looking good but you're right that's that's what it would take that's about the only fix if you can get people back to religion or at least some sort of version of truth i say yeah. version of truth but it's like that that's that's the hard question too is what is no truth? i <laughs> I I mean, yeah, it's a good philosophical question. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I agree. One of the major tenets of um, communism is to do away with Christianity. Mm -hmm. You have to remove it because, yeah, like you said, it is the antithesis of Christianity. And it, it, communism, Marx, and Engels clearly saw that Christianity was probably the biggest wall against what they were trying to accomplish and we've removed that from modern society from western society and we've been talking about the debt ceiling but when we've hit the debt ceiling of morality and ethics mm. and we constantly one of the biggest problems of western society is that we've raised the debt ceiling on morality constantly yeah. we've, we've just let oh, okay we'll, we'll let this slide we've let this live and let live attitude pervade into be it the modern church or just into society in general and 
we've allowed these things to happen when somehow we've corrupted the idea of love into just a wholesale adoption of everything that someone does. Yeah, I like it. It's the, it, it's the equivalent of being a like a Homer fan in sports, meaning um, okay, I'm in Minnesota, so say the Vikings. Every move that they make is just the greatest thing ever. Mm-hmm. When you can't just simply say, well, no, uh, they will never win a Super Bowl with Kirk Cousins as quarterback. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. You have to... I think I brought this up to you off the air, maybe not, but, you know, to me it's like if you have a friend who's struggling with addiction or alcoholism or something like that, mm-hmm. is it love to give them a needle or give them a six-pack yeah. or is it love to get them help? That's exactly what I was thinking. You're nailing it. Yes. <laughs> so, so that's what I mean. So love, so like, I mean, if you look at somehow... You know, there's a massive increase in in transgender ideology and uh, things like that. So clearly, what that's telling me is that there's something wrong with the mentality of the youth. Mm-hmm. So is it love to just be like, oh, that's what you say? I mean, I mean, you know who I'm going to be talking about, but. I have nephews who would pretend that they were dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. So, should their parents, and again, you're going to know who I'm talking about, <laughs> but should their parents have taken them to the doctor and had got them tattooed with scales or had surgeries that they had actual scales put on them and allow them to be a dinosaur? Right. Or should you be able to say, like, oh, you know, you can you can pretend, but you're not really a dinosaur. That's, that's you know what I mean? Like, is it not love to say, I understand that you may you know be having feelings, but, like, let's figure out why you feel that way. And now here is why you are not that way. Mm-hmm. And let's figure out a way, because I do love you, let's figure out a way that you can coalesce those ideas and figure things out and become happy with who you actually are. Mm-hmm. And that's that's like the the truth versus your truth. And we've uh, been pushing the your truth thing for a long time. So that's where the pronouns come from, right? And the yeah. the transitioning. It's well, that's how you feel, so it must be true. And it's like, well. How about we look at this objectively, like you're saying, and realize that it's a mental health issue and get these people help and identify where what is the cause of this as opposed to just, well, that's the, let you be you. You know, it's, you're exactly right. That's so truth. Truth is fundamentally based on love and not love like, love feelings but truly genuinely caring for other people and we've also lost that as well this is people become more and more and more selfish uh in society so it's self-centered everything is selfish how does it affect me and then like same on kind of on the same note it's self-centered in that people have their truth 
and don't mess with my truth. Like you misgendered me, and I'm offended. It's, you know, yeah, you need help. You know, you're not a cat person. <laughs> you know, <laughs> where is this coming from? Uh, you know, you saw it on TikTok because that's you've been glued to your phone since you were, you know, three years old, and you're just getting brainwashed and not experiencing reality. It's uh, I, it's just it's a mind virus. It's a mind virus that's coming in. You know, from you know what what has changed? Why do we have twenty five percent of women who are bisexual? That's not statistically correct. You look at all of history; it's been less than one percent. Now it's twenty percent in you know ten years. Okay, what what's driving that exactly? <laughs> that what you know? Is it why why is it you know you say the internet? Okay, the internet's out. Social media. How does that drive such a crazy change? You know, I I don't know how it does, but it clearly is. It clearly is doing it. That's it's madness, and people just not getting married. You know, not having kids. That you know. We talked about that, I think, on one of the first episodes. But, you know, there's selfishness and no love. You know, those are, like, kind of the tenets that we're missing. Just like you're saying. Well, and that's and that's the thing about, I guess, uh, like, Christianity and the modern church is, again, going back to, you know, what is love and... Everybody wants to be affirmed. Everybody wants to go to, uh, you know, like they're they're nervous about Christianity or about a church because, oh, I don't want to be judged. I just want to be accepted for who I am. And I'm sorry, but that's I mean that's not how Christianity works. Mm-hmm. That's not how 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 Jesus worked. And it, this may be blasphemous, so I really hope it's not. But Christianity reminds me of the Nirvana song, Come As You Are. Mm-hmm. And the opening lines are, Come as you are, come as you were, as I want you to be. Mm-hmm. And Kurt Cobain says, oh, it's just a song about like contradictions. I mean, it's a song about heroin, but like, <laughs> but that line right there is, to me, exactly what love is, at least in regards to Christianity into God mm-hmm. because he does want you to come as you are and you repent and you deny yourself and that's where the as you were you mm-hmm. wash that away with it like with love and accepting Christ and then as I want you to be and as you follow and you continue to you know live for Christ then you become as he wants you to be at the very and least, I think that's where what's that oh go ahead sorry well I, I, I just think that that's where pe- like people don't want to change mm-hmm. this whole thing of oh I'm good enough I should be good enough it's like no we're not I mean even as a society even I guess if you don't want to talk about the religious side of it as a society we are not good enough mm-hmm. we are absolutely not when we allow these things to happen when we allow the L.A. Dodgers to get those blasphemous uh, trannies out there, the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence or whatever it is, you know, 
Name me any religion that you could do that to besides Christianity with not fear of reprisal. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't do that with Muhammad. No. I, I guarantee you that. And Charlie Hebdo, that French uh, newspaper, did a cartoon on it. Mm-hmm. And they got killed. Yeah. Yeah. And so we, we've created a God-sized hole in society. And like you said, we've tried to fill that with government. And how's that working <laughs> oh, out? Oh, man, the God-sized hole. We go back to Nietzsche. That's nice. I like it. There you go. That's Tying everything up. <laughs> back to another German philosopher. But that's, I mean, that's what he was commenting on, too, is like, God is dead and we have killed him. And then there's, I know, oh man, it's going to bug me that I don't remember the, yeah, God is dead and we have killed him. Is Everybody talks about God is dead and like, oh yeah, we don't need religion anymore. And it's stupid and it's outdated, right? But he was like, okay, well what's going to fill that gap? Because we killed him and now we made ourselves God, right? Yeah. And we don't have any... But we're imperfect, and we all know that we're imperfect, uh, so that can't be true either. So then we keep searching and searching uh, for something else uh, to replace it. But it's so every you know that's that's what's missing with all these crazy people is they're missing the purpose. They're missing you know that god-sized hole is right there staring them in the face, and they realize it. Um, and it drives people insane. It drives them absolutely insane. That's exactly what it is. Uh, yeah, I mean, you if you look at the basic tenements of, of Christianity, and a lot of people, um, I guess, dislike it because they're like, oh, well, it's just judging and you know, living by this set of rules that I don't want to do, and, and it's absolutely not what it's about. The tenements of Christianity are supposed to be that you treat people with love and kindness and respect Mm -hmm. and you help the downtrodden, you help your communities. And the farther that we've gotten away from that, the worse and worse society has gotten. Mm -hmm. Because no one, I mean, look at, I mean, these mega churches, um, they don't help their communities. They help their pastors fly in private jets and wear Armani suits. Yep. But they don't help their communities. Like so, I mean, as a society, like I, it, like we talked about earlier, it's a monumental task and, and realistically will not happen. But we need to just pull back and worry about our homes and our communities first. Mm-hmm. And if every community were to do that, things would be fixed. Yeah. But unfortunately <laughs> that's just it just doesn't seem like that's gonna happen. Do you I'm still trying to think about the social media thing and why why it drives people so insane. I mean, it, do you agree that that's what that's what it is? I mean, am I wrong in that? Is it something else? I mean, yeah, I think to to put it in other words, so I guess coming from a fitness perspective, if you if you spend your day eating McDonald's and then get upset that you're 
have, have heart disease and mm-hmm. diabetes and are fat. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah that's going to drive you crazy. But you're, you're ingesting garbage. That's and so when you fill your mind and your heart with garbage, you fill your mind with, you know, like these people that, one, don't actually believe what they're saying. They're, they're bought and paid for. Um, but you inject your, your life daily with those things or you consume through music or through movies, like, just these terrible ideas. Like, that's, that's going to be what is in your mind and in your heart. And, yeah, it's going to ultimately destroy you. It's going to drive you crazy because you don't understand why you feel that way, but, that, but yet that's all you've ingested. That's a good point. I didn't think about it that way. It's, yeah, it's, you're literally feeding yourself just meaningless garbage. And it's, like, the most narcissistic people, too. If you're uh, watching TikTok videos, let's say, and it's just people doing crazy stuff or just taking pictures of their vacation or just making their lives look awesome it's like it's just it's absolute lying garbage and you're putting it in your mind and then you're also comparing yourself to it and wondering why your life isn't that way so there's resentment in there there's just absolute garbage going into your mind yeah that very well could be yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, you can find parallels in, in a lot of different things, but, I mean, to some degree, um, I mean, I don't fully subscribe to the idea of, you know, like violent video games or violent media makes people violent, but to some degree, if that's all you watch, like if all you watch or all you consume is like, you know, maybe horror movies or um, movies or video games or media in general where there's just no value to life then you won't value life yeah when you have states that say up to the point of birth or even babies that survive an abortion so babies that survive murder you can still murder them again mm-hmm. and that's okay and that's seen as just a matter of convenience that's mislabeled as health. Yeah. Like, there's just, there's no value to life. That alone right there is, if you want to go Old Testament, we're just begging for a meteor. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we are begging for judgment. Yes. And, I mean, if you want to go New Testament, it's common. Yeah. <laughs> so, it, I mean... I don't know. That's I, I mean, I know I've been hitting the religion hard today, but to me, it's just like, man, it, it, it's time to get right and try to do what you can. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, before it's too late. Got to be the uh, the one good guy and what is it? Is it Nineveh? Where Jonah went? Yeah, wasn't it Jonah was like, God was going to destroy Nineveh and... He had to, you know, he had to convince him eventually, if I could find one good guy in there, you can't do it. And he's like, fine, find one good guy, you know. That whole no, thing. that was Lot. Oh, that was Lot, okay. Yeah. In and uh, then, uh, Sodom. Yeah, so then, uh, yeah, so it's basically like, well, there isn't anybody, but, 
you can save you and your family. And he got him, his wife, and his daughters, like his sons-in-law didn't want to. So they all bailed, and then Lot's wife, like, felt bad about it, looked back, and got turned into salt. <laughs> See, that's such an interesting metaphor. You know, you almost wonder... I mean, it is it is a story, for sure. It may have also happened, but it's it's like this judgment isn't necessarily coming from somewhere else. It's it's him realizing that his society is morally bankrupt and that he has to get out. Otherwise, you know, all of his children and everybody else is going to be corrupted by it. Uh, he has to get out and start something else because uh, the society is going to tear itself apart at some point. And that's that's like the the fire from the sky or whatever is the society tearing itself apart and he doesn't want to be any part of it but obviously it's appealing to some of his family and then the wife leaving and looking back is perhaps her uh, going back to some of those immoral practices that they were doing in the city you know like whatever was bad with society she went back on it briefly and it killed her it's like it's got to be absolute and firmly cut yourself off from those societal values and beliefs and just bail uh, before it, it destroys you. Or it's a meteor. But, you know, and there was actually, they did find two cities that were destroyed by a meteor impact like 4,000 years ago or something over there. So it's like, you know, yeah. back engineering that and they find this city that's destroyed and somebody comes up with an explanation. Well, you know, this must have been what happened. Or did it actually happen? I don't know. Could go either way. I'm 100% convinced that it did happen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the majority of the Old Testament is basically, basically historical reference. Mm-hmm. And I think that... You know, it may seem like, oh, that seems, you know, a bit extra for him to destroy, you know, two cities. But if you look at over the course of the Old Testament, people were told, hey, this is what you need to do. And they refused to do it. Mm -hmm. Like, if you read the book of Judges, for example, that's it. The entire book is just an account of these people living a certain way, reaching out to God and saying, hey, you know, life sucks. Please send us somebody to get us out of this. He would. They're like, cool, thanks. They do the right thing for like a you know, couple of years, maybe a decade, and then just go right back to doing the horrible crap they've been doing. Yeah. And just that constant rinse-repeat situation where it's just they keep doing that, keep doing that, keep doing that. And it's just, you know, and it's like we're in, the, you look at any empire, any society, you know, whether it's Egypt, Rome, Greece, America, and it's exactly what we've been doing. Mm-hmm. And what was the Tower of Babel? <laughs> That's what I want to know. The Tower of Babel is, is the Babylonians wanted to... I mean, are you saying, like, is it a space elevator situation, or, like, what, well, I <laughs> I mean, guess, what are you... I mean, I mean, the whole thing, it's, right, it's, it's hubris, right? So people got to a point where they were technologically advanced enough where they could make a tower 
whatever to the sky the tallest tower ever they got together as a society and basically said we're going to become gods right so that's the whole replacing god with technological advancement and in the story it uh it didn't make god very happy <laughs> to say it the least no but at least that one that was a pretty measured approach that was really interesting it wasn't the destroying them or killing them all it just like changed their language so they couldn't communicate it's like what what is that what is that story talking about really i mean it seems very strange to me i mean it's different think, than the other ones yeah i think there wasn't like full-on destruction but i think to some degree there was because it destroyed the unity that they had mm-hmm. and it created you know massive societal differences in a lot of cultures and if you can no longer communicate then how can you reach people yeah and i think in the new testament when it talks about like all these people were able to speak in tongues like there's some weird like charismatic churches which if anybody's charismatic listens to this i apologize but (laughs) Um, you know, that speaking, you know, quote unquote, speaking tongues is just gibberish. Yeah. But in the New Testament, when it talks about they spoke in tongues, they were given a gift of being able to speak another language. Yeah. And that's why they're able to talk to Greeks and to Romans and to Jews and to, you know, other societies in that time because they're able to speak other languages. So was it a uh, <clears throat> universal communicator? I mean, I don't think it was like in Star Trek where they can just, you know, talk to Klingons and (laughs) Romulans and stuff. But, like, I think maybe, like, opening an understanding and, like, giving a skill set. So is that story then, uh, going back to the Tower of Babel, is that, like, the judgment? So you can look at it and take it at face value and say that's what happened. Or you could look at it as a, a story to illustrate what happens when a society becomes too full of itself. When you replace God with technology or just, yeah, with technology, with science, with something else, uh, your society collapses because so that, you know, and falls apart. And it's not as dramatic as some of the other stuff like immorality. So, like, with Sodom and Gomorrah, they just got annihilated with fire, because that's just a bridge too far. But hubris, not as bad, but still, your society's going to collapse, right? It's like, right. it's like a, it's a story like, okay, this society collapsed because this happened to it. This society collapsed because this happened to it. And the punishment was way worse. And then if all society is terribly immortal, or immoral, then the whole world's going to get destroyed, you know, with the flood. It's it's kind of interesting. I'll have to go back and read some of those stories and kind of put this together now that I've I'm seeing it from this perspective, but uh, what else? Yeah, I think you I think you have to look at the different reasons for I guess the judgments. And yeah, I think as far as uh, the story 
of the Tower of Babel, I think, yeah, because it was more hubris, it's kind of like a Icarus situation with flying too close to the sun, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that, yeah, they did, you know, as society tends to do, they were on the cycle of, they had created a, like I said earlier, a God-sized hole, and were filling it with themselves and trying to be gods. Mm-hmm. And that was his way of saying, no, there's, you know, I'm the only one. Versus, you know, say a Sodom and Gomorrah, or even like a Noah and the Flood situation, where that was more of a, no, you are so wicked that yeah, we're just, we're ending it. But we're doing, starting over. We're doing all of it right now. So what does that mean? <laughs> We've got the hubris well, like going said, on. We've got the, the Sodom and Gomorrah going on. We've got I mean, all of it. Check out the book of Revelation for that. I suppose. <laughs> there you go. There is an answer to that. But, yeah, that's it's fun. I don't know. I like to play around with the whole, I mean, on a less serious note, the, the space elevator. It just sounds a lot like a space elevator to me. And... It you combine very it, well could have been. You combine it with um, the neural link. So, you know, they, they find these uh, ancient people with these perfectly cut holes in their skulls. Like, ah, they were doing it for religious purposes. It's like, well, maybe maybe they had a neural link back then. Did you hear that the FDA cleared that for the first human testing? I did not. That's new. Yeah, I just read that yesterday. I knew they were doing it on pigs, but yeah, that yeah. that'll that's a game changer. And you can imagine, I like to just just for funsies, but like picture a society, you know, wherever twenty thousand years ago, with uh, crazy advanced technology. They had their neural link. They were building a space elevator, getting ready to start uh, building a base on the moon or Mars or whatever. Like we're talking about now. And something catastrophic happened, like an EMP or a solar flare wiped out all their uh, neural links, and now they can't communicate with each other, right? <laughs> and the it's whole, highly possible. The whole project falls apart, but that's like, that's just fun. Like, you know, write a sci-fi story about it, but maybe somebody did. <laughs> Neuralink is wild to me, because if you think about it... There's absolutely no way it's going to stop the government from, oh, looks like your credit score is too low. We're hacking your brain and shutting you down. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's going to take some serious time for people to get used to. Because, you know, Elon, his idea is, well, you're going to be able to talk to each other without using words. And what it is, I mean, we interact with the Internet right now with computers through a keyboard and a screen and a mouse. Or if you're on a phone, just by tapping on a screen in a specific way. It's very slow and inefficient. If you can integrate your brain into that process, it's the throughput that increases dramatically. So all of a sudden now you, you know, oh, I can't remember this. Well, that memory is going to be stored on a uh, solid, straight, solid state hard drive in the cloud somewhere. And you'll be able to access all that information perfectly. Uh, and, I mean, everybody will have all the access to all information uh, on the Internet. Also, you'll be able to interact with artificial intelligence. Uh, it, it's it's going to be 
such a game changer. I don't think we can even imagine what it's going to look like. Um, it's not going to look good. Eh, I mean, probably. I mean, there's going to be good sides and there's going to be downsides. And the bigger the upsides, the bigger the downsides. It's just it's one of those things. That's what happens when you have advances in technology, right? It's like you get the atomic bomb, and now we can annihilate the entire world. But you could also have uh, nuclear power, which we're not really leveraging at this point, which is ridiculous. So on that one, I, we failed. Humans were not meant to have that. Because humans are not capable of using it for good reasons, like mm-hmm. based off of what you just said. Mm-hmm. So we could have, humans could have used nuclear power for power. Yeah, that could have been the first application. And, and, and just it, and, and been a game changer for energy, for everyone. But instead, humans chose to drop bombs that destroyed countries. Mm -hmm. So now, on the same token, we're looking at AI or Neuralink, and yes, you can have access to essentially become all-knowing. And the good side of that, oh, you'll never forget, you know, you're your anniversary or when you're 80 you know it can help defeat Alzheimer's those would probably be good things mm-hmm. but instead what are humans going to do mm-hmm. we're going to be you're going to see people instead of you know bent over because they're doped up on fentanyl they're going to be bent over because they're doped up on watching TikTok yeah. <laughs> they're, they're not going to need phones they just have it in their in their heads they're going to be plugged in in the matrix living their own reality that's what it's going to yeah. be yeah like, everything is going to be fake. You're not going to know what's true. You're not going to know what's reality. It's going to drive people crazy. And there are going to be bad actors out there. You just said it. Everything's going to be stored on the cloud somewhere. People are going to hack into that. People are going to look into your thoughts. People are going to... Governments, uh, hackers, you know, state actors are going to look into your thoughts, know exactly what you're thinking all the time. There's going to be thought crimes. There's going to be imprisonments, there's going to be persecutions, there's going to be killings of people who are anti-government, of people who don't believe in the hive mind. There's going to be basically taking over your mind, implanting false memories with AI. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's it's not going to go well. Yeah, I, I see your point there for sure. Um, yeah, you talk about the hive mind, that would be a literal hive mind. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's, it is, it's so interesting that we always make the wrong decisions as a society. It's always the worst, almost the worst possible scenario. And what what is going to change? So if you're looking at this in a long-term scenario, like, okay, uh, a thousand years from now, what, what will society look like? At its current traje- trajectory, we should be uh, flying around the freaking galaxy and have inhabiting other planets it should look like you know star wars but that's if we make it and why it goes back to this whole religious religion moral grounding situation 
we will never make it as a species unless we have some sort of religious grounding, some sort of common, uh, like Christianity, where it's do unto others as you would, you know, have them do unto you. That whole idea. If that doesn't exist, like firmly ingrained in the entire population, we will just destroy ourselves. It's inevitable. It's and it's like if you were. It's just getting kind of weird here, but if you were a, a space-faring civilization watching humanity develop and you see what we do with technology every damn time, you'd probably want to stop it. <laughs> you'd definitely want to put the brakes on it. Because can you imagine a bunch of humans roaming the galaxy with artificial intelligence that we've created, we'd just be destroying everything. It would be a serious threat. You know? That's uh, right. something you'd want to put the brakes on until we could develop some sort of morality or evolve our, uh, our ways of thinking or just our brains in general uh, to be less evil, I guess, as it were. <laughs> That's... And, I mean, ultimately, that's never going to happen when you, I mean, even look at, like, the very, look at Adam and Eve. They had everything. They had the tree of knowledge, the tree of light, you know, all that. Mm -hmm. And the serpent, Satan, you know, whatever, uh, convinced them to go ahead and eat it mm -hmm. when God told them not to. Yep. And ever since then... It's just been a constant rehashing of that situation. Yep. Where, I don't know how many times, is yes, you can do something, but should you do it? Right. Exactly. And because we don't really like that denial of self situation, we don't ask ourselves if we should. It's just, oh, I want to do what I want. I want to do what I can do. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so we're constantly using things for the most nefarious of ways. Well, and creating things before we know how to use them correctly. You know, it's a mad rush. Like, you look at the bomb, the whole reason the bomb was created is because we thought that, I mean, Germany was uh, researching the bomb. Uh, they probably wouldn't have been able to actually do it, but... Uh, we thought that was a big enough threat to us, the United States, that we brought over all their scientists and actually did it. And then we were the ones to actually go over and bomb cities with it. So it's like, it, it should be sequestered, you know? We weren't meant to have that technology. We're not mature enough. It's like, right. it's like we can build the gun as a five-year-old, but should we have the gun? No, we definitely shouldn't have the gun. So why is that, that our technology always outpaces our morality? It, it's our ethics, you know? It, it's the same way with um, this AI, you know? That everybody's talking about, this is the biggest threat to humanity, this could change everything, and yet you've got Sam Altman Freed with OpenAI. I think that's his name. He's, uh, whatever, it doesn't matter. He's saying, yes, this is a major threat. We should push ahead as fast as possible. It's like, wait a minute, dude. Like, 
we need we need to wrap our heads around around this technology understand the implications put a system in place of how we're going to use this plan out the best case scenarios the worst case scenarios and have that in place have a kill switch that for sure we know is going to work before we build it and we're just rushing ahead madly to to do this thing and we don't even understand how the human brain works and we're trying to create an artificial life form it's like well what could go wrong with that you know and it may be that it's impossible to do but we don't know and that's the problem it's like you know you'll never know until you see it completed right but where is the planning <laughs> it's it's crazy absolutely insane we do this every time like should we do it and, <laughs> that's the question right and i think that's why they want to remove history out of schools yeah because if we don't learn what's been done multiple times in the past yeah we're going to just keep doing the same stupid thing over and over and over and not ever learn from it yeah it i mean but it goes it goes back to having some sort of moral framework or a check a check on that you know so if you're if you're gonna if you're a scientist working on the bomb you know maybe you should be putting as much uh as much of your effort into creating that technology as to creating its uh counterpart you know there's the bomb and then there is the anti-bomb the processes procedures all of this in place that can counteract its use you know there has to be a balance and it's like we we just go in one direction and don't have its its opposite to to uh check right. check it I, I don't know there's something to that there's something we have to develop but i don't know what it, what does that look like what does that check look like what is a human global wide civilization look like that has godlike powers what what kind of check what would that look like <laughs> would that be a technology would that be a religion uh what you know i think it would be a religion personally but i mean it is it's christianity yeah i mean I, i'm bringing it back to that once again but i mean that's that's what it is. Yeah. That gives you a moral code. It gives you an ethical code. And it gives you basically history of showing you look at what's happened for all these people that have done exactly uh, what society's doing. Yeah. It gives you reasons to not repeat that cycle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's really fascinating that that uh, that we even got you know get Christianity. How successful it is! It just comes at just the right time, it seems like. But yeah, I mean, it's been around for for a minute. Yeah, <laughs> but it 
I think the reason why it's survived or why it's flourished at certain points is because, I mean, kind of like what I said, when, when it's like you got nothing left and you realize that everything around you is fake and trying to kill you, essentially. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, how do you combat it? You know, I mean, you said it, like, what is the antithesis? What is the balance to that? And what I found, at least for me personally, is that my antithesis to society's atom bomb was Christianity. Yeah. Because yeah. to, to me, that is the one thing that has proven to be true. Mm-hmm. And it's such like an elementary argument to me that, oh, I believe in science instead of the Bible there's nothing they don't you it doesn't have to be one or the other yeah exactly you can have them both creation is evolution mm-hmm. you know like oh I don't you know you believe in like a a mystery you know entity that supposedly created the earth well I believe in the big bang theory yeah what do you think happened when God created the world. Yeah. You know? Exactly. He used... He uses... Throughout the Bible, if you look at it, He uses the most basic of things to do His miracles. Mm-hmm. He used science to do His miracles. So you can say, oh, that's just basic science. Yeah, great, but when science didn't exist at that time, when no one knew what science was, and He used it, that's a miracle. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like I don't understand, like, evolution, like, yes, people change over time. Things change over time. If God creates something that allows animals or amoebas or whatever to adapt and to change over time, yeah, that's evolution, dude. Mm -hmm. But there's nothing against the Bible in that. Yeah. But when you start putting, like, science over God, then, yeah, that's where you do get things like governments creating AIDS viruses and governments doing gain-of-function yeah. research and governments creating atom bombs and, and AIs. Locking out the sun. Yeah. Talk about, I mean, that's what it is, too, is, um, gosh. So, I mean, science is, is, a, is a religion, 100%. I mean, there's so many things that are religions. Now, almost anything that any organization is religious in some respect. So that's, you know, people, real atheists are just, they're just a science, you know, Scientologists. Well, that's already, a, well, they're skeptics is what they call themselves. But Atheists are, are essentially like humanists, like humans are the gods. Yeah. Which, you know... I mean, the everything is just replacing God with something else. Mm-hmm. Anything you put above God is just replacing it with something else. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm, I'm not going to say I was an atheist, but at worst I was probably agnostic. At best I was a non-practicing believer of sorts. And I definitely lived... Over half my life, 
uh, putting myself above God and life wasn't great <laughs> you know mm-hmm. and um, yeah I don't know I mean like I said it's I mean things have changed dramatically mm-hmm. yeah and I know it's not Sunday so I'm sorry for preaching but <laughs> It's I don't know I'm just I'm just trying to like I mean these are the facts yeah this is the truth not just my truth yeah yeah it's it's definitely uh definitely needs something to be you know and that's that's kind of what the whole uh, the Christianity does is it makes you humble it humbles you that's what's missing a lot of the time for people. Is humility, but yeah, I don't know. I don't think we can uh, figure out all the world's problems. I'd like to though. I think we're pretty dang close though. Pretty close. You just need to start uh, open up a, a mega church and run it the right way. <laughs> Get the message out. <laughs> I just think Go around pre- so preaching. Both I've times. been thinking a lot about based off of what. Um, We've been talking about in like my early twenties. Uh, so I had some friends um, that just started getting deep into philosophy, and they would start saying, you know, the the truth is relative, and there are no absolute truths. And I forget who whose idea that was. I don't know. It don't matter. Yeah, I don't know. But, but um, you know, when they started like saying all that stuff, I'd just be like, "So you're saying that absolutely truths are not absolute?" Mm. And and they're like, "Well, yeah." I'm like, but that's an absolute. Yeah. <laughs> so they're you know they go, oh, well that's a paradox. Only the Sith deal like, in absolutes. <laughs> yeah, but it's, I mean, humans created, like, they're like, oh, my idea's wrong, so, oh, this is a paradox. Well, no, it's wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, the, t- to me, and this is, I don't know, I've even had conversations with my wife, like, I, I guess I personally, like, I, I don't believe in gray areas whatsoever. Yeah. I'm 100% black and white is either right or it is wrong. There can uh, there can no be or what the heck was that? Can no be. Um, yeah. Only one can no be. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, you mentioned Sith, and I don't know. I guess it just went Star Wars. Exactly. Um, but uh, there there cannot be any middle. Like there, there is not middle ground. It is either right or there is wrong. So if you say the only absolute is that there are no absolutes. Well, that's false. You've created a fallacy. Yeah, that's a tough one. So something, something is either truthful or it's not. Mm-hmm. There's no half truths. A half truth is a lie. Right. You know, like it, uh, I mean, I don't know, just a generic scenario. Um, 
lies of omission to your to your wife. Yeah. You know, if you if you don't tell your wife something that you did that you know she wouldn't be happy about it, did you did you lie to her? Well, no, you didn't outright lie, but did you tell her the truth? No, you did not. What if she asks if this uh, does this dress make me look fat? <laughs> I mean that's so. I mean that gets into some ethical grounds. You can tactfully tell her the truth. Yeah. And unfortunately, you know she may not be happy, but that's we. You know sometimes in that situation, uh, you know you lie because you think that'll make them feel better. Yeah. When in reality, you're still lying. Yeah. Which is still wrong. I mean, one of the most basic, like, ethics 101 scenarios is a man gets busted stealing some milk and eggs for his kid who, you know, is starving because he lost his job. Mm -hmm. Do you arrest him? You know? And that's a super basic ethical dilemma, but that it's only an ethical dilemma because we're putting our feelings into it. Well, in that scenario, you can go back and see what is the um, what is the intent of the law in the first place, right? Right. So it's uh, the intent is to keep people from taking other people's stuff, right? Correct. And he's gonna keep taking people's stuff, right? Like he's going to do that because it's. A necessity, or he's going to die, or his kids are going to die. So that's actually pretty tough. So what do you do? Then you got to start weighing. You know, so yeah, it, it spirals out of control. You can say the letter of the law, but you can also say the law is wrong too. You could, but it, I mean, again, this goes back to what is love, right? So if this man who's, like you said, is going to, because he's down on his luck or whatever to feed his family, he's resorting to stealing. Why don't you give the man a job? Yeah. Now you've given him a means to support his family without breaking the law. Mm-hmm. So if the law is there to keep people from just acquiring other people's things through nefarious means or wrongfully taking advantage of people... Would it not be more just to give that man a way to feed his family legally without taking from others? With, again, going back to communism, without tearing others down in order to build. Right. So what, what should the guy who is stealing do then? He shouldn't steal. But then what, what are the alternative course of action is to ask other people for help, right? So To give the man a job. Yeah. You give the man a job. Yeah. But also, you can't have people stealing, so he should force have some sort of consequences, right? But pay it back. So, yeah, what's that? Pay it back. Pay it back. Yeah. You you pay back. You you make penance for for what you've done. You know whatever the equal monetary value for what you have stolen, and then now with the rest of it, you may support your family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who makes this decision though? Because the cop doesn't know any of this and the guy could be lying to him could be so then you know then you just go by the letter of the law which is probably what's going to happen most of the time is you don't care what his story is 
he just committed the crime, so he's going to suffer the punishment. Because that's why the law is there in the first place. But see, now this, to me, this little thought exercise we go through says there is not necessarily right. Right depends on... I mean, you can go back. All right, so the right thing to do is take him at his word and give him a job, right? You would think. Mm -hmm. But what if he's just a criminal stealing for, I don't know, just because he can. You give him a job and he's not going to show up and he's just going to go and steal something else. You know, it's there are subjective issues here you know you have to boil it down to what is true and what is not true in order to make a correct decision and that's the difficult part is determining the truth right right so that's where things get difficult really quickly well I think it I think it goes back <laughs> it goes back to uh, in my mind Christianity yeah, what would Jesus do? There you go. Yeah, I mean, the truth is there. I mean, he does also tell us to forgive 70 times 7. Mm -hmm. That's in the Bible. Um, it, I, I think he, or the Bible tells us that, you know, you, you ultimately can see into a person's heart and you can determine truth. But I think if you have a morally ambiguous justice system, a morally ambiguous law code, then yes, it would be hard to determine, you know, what does the law say or what does... That's a good point. You know, it'd be, it'd be harder to determine that. Because... But it doesn't... What? We could take this scenario and apply it to California where it's now legal to take up to $900 worth of merchandise from a store. So right. now... You know, you've got the legal system at odds with basic Christian morality about stealing. You know, it's still, it's legal to steal, but should you steal? And, you know, that's very interesting. Now, you know, how, <clears throat> now the cops are not allowed to stop you legally, but morally. And whose job is that to enforce? I mean, it kind of, to me, it's, it should be a self-policing situation. It goes back to, you know, what we've been talking about, the AI and the Tower of Babel situation is like, just because you can, should you? Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of people, most people just do it. You know, yeah. how would you change somebody like that? Because, you know, to develop a, a moral code like that is not something that can be enforced on somebody. It has to be a choice. That's the problem. You can't, there's nothing you can do to somebody who's going into a store and taking $500 worth of merchandise and walking out. There is nothing you can do to change that person. You can try, but the chances of success are next to zero. And that's kind of the problem society-wide is how, how do you tackle that problem? How do you, <laughs> where does that begin? Because I think it ultimately, again, goes back to Christianity. Like yeah. It's not up to humans to change humans. 
we like humans don't have control over that. We're not as dope as we think we are. Mm-hmm. It's up to God to change people. Like God is what changes people. I mean, like I said, like again, personally, God changed me, mm-hmm. and so the only thing that we can do is try to show someone the way. Does that involve hitting them over the head with a billy club? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, some people need that. I mean, you know, metaphorically, probably physically I needed that. Yeah. You know, like it's... What? No, go ahead, sorry. I I was, you know, like, I mean, I, for some reason, I'm very hard-headed and need to learn lessons super hard like i need to just like be beat over the head with it until i finally realize like oh yeah maybe i should do this i've been that way my whole life i don't know why but yeah some people some people do need that and it's it i mean it, it isn't something that like i don't know it's not something that i feel like humans can really ultimately and like enforce Mm -hmm. you know because yeah because like you said you know it's you can't change a mind like that through force of action Mm -hmm. and i don't know you, you need to appeal to people's i think common sense and I think, again, it goes back to, you know, love in that, you know, if, like, people, especially in modern society, are looking for something. They're looking for love. They're looking for validation. They're looking for affirmation. They're looking for, because when everybody's a narcissist and only thinking about themselves, they're not getting that love and support from anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, like, people do tend to act out. I mean, heck, I have a dog, and if I don't give her love and support, if I don't take her for... I can't say the word, she's in the room, <laughs> she'll freak out, but if I can't take her for a W-A-L-K, um, you know, she, she gets ornery. Mm-hmm. She she gets standoffish. She just wants to kind of be by herself because she doesn't feel that like I love her or that I'm like the the pack leader. And if that's an animal that has that reaction based off of something like that, just imagine how humans are. Yes. Ah, uh, I. So that's a perfect example because we are animals with a advanced brain strapped on top and we don't realize that we forget sometimes we forget all the time actually and that we need to uh maintain our bodies correctly right so it is exercise it is diet it is understanding the requirements of the body but then once you get past that point and but you can't that you have to start with that you have to start with yourself to maintain your physical being 
but then you also have to realize that you need to maintain your mental being as well and it goes back to and then then once you have those pieces together then you have to understand how you fit into society um, and the best way to fit into society there's a lot of steps to this you know there's there's three steps right there it's like physical mental and then societal if you screw any of those steps up you're not going to be able to function uh, in society and I was just thinking about those you know how somebody is going into a store to steal something I personally can't I could not do that and I just why why can't I do that um, and it's the only thing you can do is put yourself in somebody else's position right it's like a thought experiment you have to constantly do it uh, to see every other person around you as just another you and you don't want to screw them over because that's just screwing over yourself it's like a, a self-reflection self-reflection uh, that's the only way you can uh, change a person so if you were to take that person sit them down and you'd have to alright you're not going to jail I'm not gonna fine you you have to sit in this room you know for a certain period of time every day and just think about <laughs> your actions think about you know run them through a set of meditations run them through a set of prayer whatever to get them to the point where they can put themselves in somebody else's position I mean that it's not a solution but I think that would be on the right track to fixing problems because people don't understand that they're animals with a freaking supercomputer strapped to their head you know they're gonna go off the rails they're gonna do whatever the hell they want to do first of all their animalistic behavior is gonna lead them and they're gonna do everything that that entails and then second the freaking supercomputer on their head is going to come up with creative examples to screw people over and yeah it i don't know getting long-winded but you're right christianity so you're saying instead of uh 1984's 10 minutes of hate we should have 10 minutes of meditation yes i like the um so i'm not a drug aficionado but uh, I've heard hours and hours and hours of people talking about it, just people recreationally, people doing it scientifically. There's uh, studies for people with PTSD, for, with addictions, with all sorts of stuff, and you can take, uh, there's all sorts of drugs that do it, but uh, basically psychedelic drugs. Um, and that's like a, a bootstrapping method to uh, having people meditate. And I've heard lots of people say that like mushrooms, for example, psilocybin uh, if you take that it puts you in a state of mind where everything is love and you love everybody around you there's nothing but just happiness and bliss uh, and you empathize very strongly with other people you know it's the classic hippie you know it's just love dude you know why are we fighting all these wars you know all the classic <laughs> hippie guys putting flowers in people's uh, rifles, that whole thing. It's like, maybe, maybe there's something to that. It's like a, a forcing mechanism for people to self-reflect. 
just uh, there's been uh, like Joe Rogan always talks about how every politician should have to do a massive dose of LSD before they can actually take power because it would just completely change their perspective there'd be no more wars we just got to dose all of the water with LSD that's what we got to do that that could get dangerous have you seen uh, the menu <laughs> stare at goats uh no okay well it's pretty uh it's a pretty good movie it's a really good movie actually but they they end up doing that on a military base spoiler alert but it's great i'll check it out yeah i don't know i guess I think once i've come around to dosing everybody with lsd i'm out of ideas but <laughs> <laughs> well to kind of jump on that i would even argue that that is that also is christianity yeah i mean that Everything that you were just talking about, like, uh, you know, about uh, being, like, LSD or, I guess, uh, psychedelics, like, making you uh, empathize and love and kind of more that hippie culture, um, that's, to some degree, you know, that's Christianity. Mm -hmm. If you can empathize with your neighbor, you can empathize with somebody's pain, you, you love people, and, and I mean like truly love people, not just condone everything that they do and everything's the greatest and it's that participation trophy culture, but you love somebody and you want what's best for them and you, you want to help other people mm -hmm. and you put others before yourself. That to me is, I mean, that's exactly, you know, what... Christianity is. Yeah. It's kind of interesting if you just picture Jesus as a, a freaking, you know, I don't know what, LSD mushroom taking guy just going around <laughs> washing people's feet, <laughs> you know, everything is well, love. It's like, that's eerily similar to. <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah, that's kind of. I mean, it wasn't just like a, you know, love and peace, man, you know. But, like, it was, like, yes, like, I mean, I guess, okay, maybe I should be a preacher or something, yeah. but. Um, I'm telling you. Have you ever heard of the love, two witnesses? <laughs> yeah. Like, he, he, okay, so he loved people, even though, like, as we talk, we continue to screw up as, as humans. Mm -hmm. Humanity across the course of history and time just constantly screw up. But he loved people, loved humanity so much that he's like, look, I'm going to come down to earth, die, allow you to kill me just so that I can give you people a chance. Mm -hmm. And to me, that like that's the ultimate love move right there. I think so. I'm talking about denying self, denying self-preservation, self-interest, all of that. And no matter what, like at any point, you can, as long as you repent of what you have done, you can be saved. That to me 
is love. So if you're, you know, like I think people do need that self-reflection and like feelings and emotions to me are, I mean, they're fake mm-hmm. to me. And I, I, I think we, we get mixed up in what we think feelings are where we think, oh, love is a feeling. It's like this Hollywood, you know, thing like rom-com. Oh, I'm in love with this person, you know. Mm-hmm. But to me, loving somebody is, you know, like doing what is best for them. And I think we need to self-reflect and realize that, like, hey, maybe my life is this way because I've screwed it up. Mm-hmm. You know, no matter how good we think we are, mm-hmm. you know, like like that whole, like, Karen meme thing, you know, where, like, I want to talk to the manager because why your, you know, burger had onions on it when you said no onions. <laughs> you know, like, yelling at that person isn't going to help. No. And that is not really, like, a criminal offense. And it's like, and who are you... To get that upset. Yeah, and that's there's a couple things there. So then you make that person's day bad, the freaking cash register person at a McDonald's, and then they're already stressed out, and that just pushes them over the edge, and they go home and they beat their kids, and then those kids grow up to be <laughs> criminals, and it's like your one little outburst can just have this rippling effect, but it can also yeah. be the opposite. If you just go out of your way to be kind to people, it can actually have a ripple effect in the positive as well. And I, so this is something I've been doing for a long time. It's actually an interesting exercise is whenever an emotion, a strong emotion comes up, uh, like anger over something, identify it, be like, wow, I'm really angry right now. And then be like, this is stupid and just push it away and you can try that with almost any emotion and if you practice enough you can do it you can just completely before it even comes up you start to realize that you're about to get angry and you can make that go away it's really cool it's uh it helps reduce a lot of stress that's for sure but it's uh, very helpful when you're driving in the car. But <laughs> you just, yep, I'm going to be angry. No. Nope, not going to be angry. It's like a, a superpower in a way. <laughs> but anybody can do oh, it if you practice it. Yeah, I, um, you're 100% right. Like, I've noticed that, at least for me, like, whenever I get angry and I try to calm myself down, I realize that I'm really just angry because my pride was challenged. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with, you know, if something made me angry, it's usually because something that they said or did or whatever, I feel challenged, like, my pride. Mm-hmm. And I realize that I'm incredibly, like, too proud. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm a human. I, I should not be this proud. I have not earned any of this. Right. You know? Exactly. So, like, 
if somebody challenges me or like you know even at work if somebody mocks my work well that just you know it's pride but to be fair maybe they had a point yeah you know what i mean so it's like going back to the the burger and onion thing you know it's like that's just pride so you feel like oh i'm entitled to an order exactly how i ordered it mm-hmm. but i mean you know what so your order is not perfect who cares yeah you're entitled to nothing <laughs> yeah no one deserves anything no one's entitled to anything no one is like no one has earned anything <laughs> that's like go back to it's another nice thing when you're angry it's just put things in perspective the only guaranteed thing is you are going to die (laughs) that is the only guaranteed thing you got to realize that puts things in perspective real quick but that's a downer but you know (laughs) well i mean it kind of it reminds me of um like when jfk said uh, ask not what you can do for your country or what your country can do for you but what you can do for your country yep. and I mean you can break that down in many ways you know ask not what your community can do for you but what you can do for your community yeah. ask not what God can do for you but what you can do for God right I mean even if you, any of those three phrasings if you were to do that would make your community your state your world a better place yeah can you imagine if everybody turns their mentality in the entire world overnight like perfect christian ideology like perfect what you know what the world would look like and it it's possible you know it it's very unlikely but it is possible you can imagine the world the way the world would look if that happened and the only thing holding us back is us that's it if everybody just overnight decided that tomorrow morning I'm just going to be the best person I could possibly be you know what that would do we would essentially be living in a utopia overnight and all it would take is you know for people just decide to do it Everybody's capable of that, but yeah, just goes back to game theory. Because if you're a sucker, then other people are gonna pop up to take advantage of you. So exactly, that's the unfortunate thing. But it's possible. It is possible. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. So, I don't know. Hopefully, people can take something away from this. I don't know. If anybody's listening, I would. We covered a lot. We did. <laughs> I, I, it's two hours already. Wow. <laughs> two hours and 14 minutes. But I enjoyed this. This is great. I just can hope, I can hope that maybe somebody will listen to this and it'll have a positive effect on them. That's all. I can just hope. Maybe one person. Yeah. That'd be it. I'd be happy. Maybe our mothers or something. Yeah. <laughs> That's about it. That's the only people are going to listen. Yeah. <laughs> Not even them. My mom won't listen, I'm sure. So. Yeah, neither will mine. We'll <laughs> so. We're just screaming into the void. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, all, all right. right. Well, I suppose 
we can call it unless you got anything no i think i think i've said enough yeah <laughs> me too i can go ahead and not talk to anybody for the rest of the week now i've said enough <laughs> yeah exactly uh, all right well uh yeah all right cool I guess um, I think I, I released the first episode. I haven't checked to see if it's up anywhere yet, but uh, we'll see if I have time today or this week. Uh, I have time this weekend. I'll put the next one up. That's fine. All right. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Did you have a chance to listen to that intro at all? Uh, I I mean, I'm sure I had a chance. I just forgot about oh, it because yeah. I'm of a trash human. I'll, I'll 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 look it up as soon as we get off the. Air. I was actually pretty happy with that. I got there and I mashed some music together and little intro and I faded it in and everything and I faded it out. You gotta nice. listen to the back end. If you ever listen to that first All episode, right. I actually faded it out. I got some static in there. It's I was happy with the product, but <laughs> perfect. Yeah, I'll, as soon as we get done, I'll I'll listen to uh, it. I promise. All right. Alrighty, well, you have a good week. I guess it's uh, the holiday weekend here. I don't know if you're working on Monday, but... I'm not. Right. No. Well, don't have too much fun. Alright, you either. Alright. Alright, take care. Alright. Yeah, me too. podcasts and waste of time get out of here get out of here people you're wasting your life